Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I am so glad you're joining us today for episode 13 of the Student Ministry Podcast. With 13, that means we are a year old today. How incredible is that? A year old. I can't believe that it's been a year since you allowed me to to do this podcast. It started as a dream, just thinking, hey, other people need to hear these conversations that I'm having with these student ministers and you've been able to give me that opportunity. And so I want to thank you so much for an incredible year. We've interviewed like 12 amazing youth workers so far. There are so many more out there. And today is another one. Allison Williams is on the show today. She is a youth minister from Reddington Christian Church in Seymour, Indiana. And let me just tell you, you will be blessed by today's conversation for sure. She's over children and youth ministry, so we'll get a chance to talk about that there in her kind of rural location Indiana, in Indiana. And uh, I, I just know you're going to enjoy today's conversation with Allison. But before we jump into that, there's a couple things that I want to let you know. First of all, I want to thank you again. Thank you for tuning in, but also thank you for leaving reviews and sharing this podcast with others. It is a huge blessing to me, a huge blessing to other youth workers who are able to find this podcast because of you sharing it. So thank you so much for that. I also want to thank our sponsors. Their generosity is what makes this podcast happen. Those sponsorships are WorkCamp NE. If you're looking for a summer mission trip opportunity in the United States, check out WorkCamp NE. Their website, W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E.com. It's going to be awesome. And our students have been doing it for the last nine years. We're looking forward to doing it again in July. It's an incredible opportunity. Service-based mission trips. We go out and do home repair for the underprivileged, the elderly. It's an, it's an incredible opportunity. Our students absolutely love it. Usually in the Northeast, that's where their home is. But this summer, we're actually they're doing a week in Illinois. If you're in the Midwest or maybe closer to the Midwest, and you thought maybe the Northeast was a little too far for me to check it out for the first time, but I can go to Illinois and check it out. Make sure you check out their website. And we thank so much uh, WorkCamp NE for sponsoring this podcast. We also want to thank the National Network of Youth Ministries and Reach Youth New England for their combined sponsorship of the podcast. If you're not connected to other youth workers in your area, make sure you check out either of those websites. For those that are are doing ministry in general in the, in the United States, check out youthworkers.net to go to the National Network's website. And if you are specifically in New England, also check out reachyouthne.com to go to Reach Youth New England's website. Both of these organizations are all about connecting youth workers and let me tell you, like that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast is to connect you to other youth workers because we are better together. And that is their slogans. That is what they're all about. So make sure you check them out, especially if you're not connected to other youth workers. It's incredibly important for us to to have connections, to bounce ideas off of, to hold each other accountable, to pray for each other. So make sure you're you're definitely uh, connecting with others. Check out either of those websites. And we want to thank WorkCamp, National Network, and Reach Youth New England for their sponsorship of the Student Ministry Podcast. And with all that being said, we're going to jump right into that conversation with Allison Williams today. Again, Allison is the youth minister at Reddington Christian Church in Seymour, Indiana. And yeah, you're going to be blessed by today's conversation. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today, Allison. Hey, good to be here. So 
I have heard a little bit about you. Um, we, we met back in September of last year at DYM 100. Just a little plug. If you don't know anything about that, make sure you look up Download Youth Ministry and uh, sign up as soon as you can for DYM 100. It was awesome. Wouldn't you say so? It was incredible. It probably was the most impactful conference experience I've ever been to. Yeah. So and if was, you're going to go on the website, you should look up Steve and I's um, anything we've put on the website and buy all of it. That's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I haven't put anything on there yet. I'm, I'm, wor- I'm currently working on my first submission right now. By the um, time this is out, Steve's going to have something on Download Youth Ministry that you should buy. As long as Josh gets it up quick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. <laughs> So, so Allison, uh, one of the things that I, I try to do in this podcast is, is try to get different people that are just in the trenches doing youth ministry that maybe the vast majority of ministry workers have, have never heard of before, um, but you're still doing awesome work and, and everything. And so actually, uh, you, you came recommended by one of the other uh, guys that we had on the podcast before. And um, so assuming that most of our, our, our listeners have not heard your name yet, I say yet because maybe one of these days you're going to be the big name. Or but, arrested. Uh, <laughs> or, arrested. <laughs> or arrested. You never know. <laughs> well, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but for now, let's tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to, to where you are now. What's God been doing in your life? Uh, my story, like cliff notes on me would be when I was in high school, I was kind of that kid that was a part of every club, every organization. I had really good grades. I was athletic. You kind of wanted to knife me. Um, I was that girl. <laughs> and um, I I had a lot of interest and a lot of paths. And it's funny now, it's kind of like the biblical stories that you look at and you can go backwards like in Moses's life or David's life and go, God was totally preparing them for what was ahead of them. And I look back at high school and when I was at that crossroads of what am I going to do with my life? Um the three areas that I was leaning towards, now I'm like, oh, those totally play into youth ministry. But at the time, I was like, I have no idea what's going on in my life. <laughs> and so when I was a senior, I applied for um, the journalism program at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. I applied uh, for the culinary program at Johnson & Wales, which is a, a prestigious culinary program. And I applied at the University of Tennessee to their interior design program. <laughs> and I had no idea which one I was going to pick. Like I was picking my colleges based on my major. And then I was like, crud, what, what major do I want? <laughs> and so I had no idea. So I, I went to camp that summer as a counselor for my youth minister. And when I was at camp, I really felt like this calling on my life that I was supposed to work with kids. And now I look at it and go, it was like a call into youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time I didn't think that because I was raised in the South and I was raised by very traditional parents in a very conservative non-denominational church. Before that, we were Church of Christ, which is even more conservative, hmm. and um, which conservative is not bad. It's just where I came from. Yep. And uh, so girls weren't ministers. So I couldn't have been being called into ministry because that was not possible. So I was like, well, maybe I'm supposed to be a teacher. And so I did kind of, um, I went to a Bible college and started taking teaching classes. But at the same time, I started taking interior design classes at the University of Tennessee. So I was doing both. And uh, it's funny now because I look at it and go, oh, a youth minister, how often do you do building projects and have to look at blueprints and have to pick <laughs> paint colors? And so our youth rooms are really fun because um, awesome. we have interior design and then like cooking. Man, you know, I think the best way to reach kids 
kids is either through food or driving because you can be busy and still have conversation. And so it's really funny because a lot of kids are in this fast food culture now where parents work four jobs to buy the car that's appropriate for the lifestyle that they want to maintain. And so kids, I have a couple of kids that have fast food budgets where their parents give them allowance every week and then give them like 50 bucks to eat off of. Hmm. And so the fact that like, here's chicken that did not come out of a deep fryer. Like that's a big ministry for me. It's like feeding, (laughs) feeding kids that are not less fortunate. Like they're just kind of emotionally neglected a little bit. So food's a big part of our culture. And then also journalism, um, writing sermons, writing articles, writing stuff is very second nature to me because that was a passion of mine growing up. So it's, it's one of those where it's like a perfect storm. And then I'm dropped into this camp and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be a minister. Wait, I can't be a minister. I guess I'll be a teacher that knows paint colors. So <laughs> I went to this college and uh, I went to Johnson University now. It was Johnson Bible College back then. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, great school, great school. I shove kids there all the time. It's, I, it's incredible. I, 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 I went to Lincoln Christian, um, myself and, and all the time I, I loved Lincoln, but I'd look at brochures from Johnson and go, that's a beautiful campus. It's a whole lot prettier than Lincoln. Yeah. That's why I always in the say middle about of a cornfield, but Johnson is, is beautiful. <laughs> I tell kids when like, I've had a couple of students like between Lincoln, they're like, what's the difference between Lincoln and Johnson? And I was like, how much does aesthetics appeal to you? Yeah. <laughs> if you care about dorms and trees, go to Johnson. <laughs> if it's just about education, look at the prices, see which one you're yep. closer to. Um, <laughs> I'm actually looking at Lincoln for my master's, but oh, I'm cool. not completely committed yet. Um, I should be. But <laughs> um, so I was at Johnson and they like have this core, you know, core classes you have to take. And Johnson, I'm sure a lot of Bible colleges do this, but you know how you just really only know your own context. And mm-hmm. so um, at Johnson, you had to get a double major at the time. So you had to get a Bible major and whatever you were pursuing. And so I was getting a Bible major and I was specializing in um, teacher education for um, K-8. And so I had to take this class called Basic Christian Beliefs, and we had a really controversial professor at the time that actually since then has been um, released from his duties. But <laughs> he uh, he had us like – he brought up like really controversial things. He was like abortion, um, women in the church, like he was just like rattling stuff off, like, you know, pro-death penalty, you know, like whatever. What's your opinion? And he made us like get on opposite ends of the chapel and like give our opinion on it. And we thought it was just an exercise. Mm-hmm. And then we sit down and he was like, somebody tell me why, you know, fill in the blank, why you're so passionate about whatever. And so I got, why are you so passionate that women should not be ministers? Oh. So I, I mean, I'm a Southern girl. I can do it. <laughs> so <laughs> I went up there and gave him my mind, you know, and he was like, that's great. We're going to do debates. And he assigned me why women should be pastors. Wow. And I was like, jerk. Um, <laughs> I know what you're doing here. Um, so anyway, I throw myself into my academics. I'm a nerd. So I start studying this topic. And through this project, I completely changed my opinion about everything. And so um, I changed my major. I actually uh, put an emphasis on uh, children's ministry and youth ministry. Because if you look at the church today, it's great that people can go to Southeast or Willow Creek or, you know, pick your big mega church. Um, you can walk into those churches and be a ninth grade girl, small group minister. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's not real life. Mm-hmm. That's not real life at all. And so it always frustrates me with um, some of the people that I do ministry with and I do life with where they're like, man, you know, children's ministry is not my deal. Well, if you look at statistics, if you pull up like Barner Research, 
statistically in this country, you're probably going to get both age groups, Mm -hmm. even for a season. And so I kind of look at it as, okay, you might not be good at it. And it might just be a transition piece. Like two years, your, your church needs to get acclimated or the finances to hire somebody to do the piece you're weak at. Or you could, I mean, or it could be my story where I came in as the elementary minister of this church. And now I have kindergarten to college. Like that's really preschool to college. And so, um, you need to be able to do it all. Like excuses are kind of invalid. Mm -hmm. Like it might not be what you're passionate about, but like, I bet janitors aren't passionate about toilets, but they have to do them, (laughs) you know, like, and and, in God's kingdom, you have to do whatever you're doing well. And so I was like, well, I need to study all this. And so I took some counseling classes too, because I didn't want to like give the kids therapy that was like broken. And so (laughs) graduated. And it was funny because I really, I love East Tennessee. I think East Tennessee is just one of the most beautiful places on earth. And I grew up there and I just was, loved it, you know, didn't care if I was home, just wanted to be near. And uh, I applied for uh, one church in Tennessee and they gave me a Dear John letter and wouldn't even have a conversation with me. Wow. And I got my freshman year of college, I had um, said out loud to a professor in class, I will go anywhere but Indiana. There is nothing <laughs> but corn in Indiana. I had 12 job offers and 11 of them were in the state of Indiana um, because God is funny. Um, so I ended up in Indiana and started uh, doing children's ministry and had about a three, three and a half year run at a church. And I went into that church going, you're here till you retire. God releases you. Like I didn't go in going, this is a stepping stone or I hate this part of the country. So I'm going to leave. I went in thinking, this is where God put me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Bloom where you planted. This is where you are. I was the um, product of a youth minister that came when I was in second grade and is still serving in that church. And so I just was, youth ministry is a, a long-term game. It's not a quick sprint. Yep. It's a marathon. So I was as shocked as the next person when a series of events led me to go, I really need to leave this church. And I got that feeling about 18 months before I actually pulled the plug, which I don't know if that's me being patient or me being fearful. I, I still I still look back at that season and try to analyze why when I knew 18 months before I actually made a move that I needed to make a move. I think part of it's that I'm stubborn. <laughs> but anyway, um, if you're in a transition, make sure that you give it thought and you also make sure you don't overstay or you're welcome. But um, it was a really awkward uh, leave, but I left and I kind of left going, okay, so maybe I misunderstood my call. Maybe I'm supposed to do something else with mm. kids. There's a lot of broken kids out there that I could probably reach better if I wasn't a minister. Hmm. So I went into social work for a season, which was really hard. If you do like removal from homes, I had to to remove this kid that was duct taped to a couch and his parents weren't feeding him because they only wanted one kid. And it was like an upper middle class suburban home. Mom was like, dressed to the nines the other kid was taken care of really well and this it it was found out because the kid the older sibling was smuggling food out of a cafeteria and that's how it was found and so you go into that context and you know in that moment i'm going this is torture i can't do this like this is what god god has given this gift to someone else (laughs) but then at the same time going you know sometimes we get our little church bubble and we forget that those kids you know my kids are worried about a winter retreat you know these kids are worried about dinner yeah it's a it's a whole other yeah sure it's helpful i'm sure to like to realize that's not just stuff that just happens in the movies and tv this that's real life for a lot of kids and their families 
Oh yeah. Like it, it was, it is hard to watch. It was so painful. And you know, youth ministry is painful and hard to watch a lot of days, but when that was all you did every day was pain. Yeah. That it was I, I, six months I was out. <laughs> but uh, in that time, I just started attending the church I work at now. And uh, a couple, I'm non-denominational and there's only three non-denominational churches in my county. And so when you leave one, usually you don't attend there. And um, (laughs) so I had two other options and this one was closer. And so I started going and the other church in the county had kind of approached me and said, hey, where's your resume? And uh, the church I was attending was like, hey, where's your resume? And uh, it's funny to know my context of like this rural church with uh, several elders that have been raised from diapers in this congregation. (laughs) probably the nicest, most mild-mannered elder that is like, wouldn't hurt a fly, comes up to me one Sunday and asks me for my resume. And I was just really angry and broken. (laughs) I actually had some suicidal moments Mm -hmm. in that time period. I had to, um, I spent a lot of time with a Christian therapist and that was probably one of the safest, best things I've done Mm -hmm. in my life. God used him to save my life. But, um, you have to realize I'm a, I think I'm a nice person, but like I was a very wounded puppy at that moment. And this, this elder comes in and goes, I really want to see your resume. And I flipped him off in the sanctuary. I don't think I've ever flipped off anybody in my entire life before or since it was two handed. Um, but I was like, if you and all ask, I did was ask for your resume. I was like, if you ask me again, I won't go to church here. Like I'll be done. And wow. at the time, the youth minister that was here needed, wanted a children's minister had been trying to sell it for a long time and needed some help. And, they kind of came to me and said, they, they weren't looking to hire me. They were looking, they were going, if we don't do something for her, she's going to lose her heart for ministry. Mm-hmm. And that shows you the heart of my congregation, yeah. that they were looking at this going, we'll throw some money at some broken bird because she needs it. You know, she needs, she needs kind of some church therapy in this. Yeah. So, um, Really, I came on. The first thing I did was like plan a CIY trip, which like blew some of their minds. And I'm like, I just reserved a couple hotels. Like we're good. Um, but <laughs> this is not rocket science. But um, came on and started doing that. And and during the course of like that six months that I was kind of part time, um, the youth minister needed to leave, and the eldership came to me and said, Hey, can you take everybody for a year while we figure out what's going on? And part of the reasoning was they thought my strengths. They thought I was good at children's ministry, but they thought I was better at youth ministry. Mm. And so they were trying to look at, can we transition her into this role and get somebody else to fill the younger role? Like, what can we do there? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so it's been almost nine years and we're still trying to figure out what that's going to look like. (laughs) So we don't know yet, but I really, it's not a, it's not a hateful thing. Like I'm not bitter at them and I don't go, I go into meetings sometimes and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I have too much to do. Do not hand me anything else. (laughs) But I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I try to have FaceTime with every age group at least once a week or a couple times a month. But, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. I guess if you're a search committee looking and you're listening to this, it's a huge deal. Do what the person needs you to do. <laughs> but it's in my context, I'm like, I would much rather them hire another associate or hire, like we're looking to hire right now. And that came up was, do we hire a news ministry? And I was like, no, no, we don't. We don't need it. We have volunteers. We'll be yeah. fine. So. Cool. That's where I'm at, and awesome. I love it here. That's great to hear. So, so you talked a little bit about you know how you oversee everything. So, we're going to transition, and the next question really talks about like you know what's your what's your current ministry look like. So, kind of yeah. just keep going down that direction, and and see you know I, I'd love to know how you balance how you do balance the children's ministry and the the youth ministry, and and what everything looks like there for you in, in your context. Yeah, um, I break it down into six age groups. So I've got um, nursery, uh, preschool, 
K second, third or third, fifth, middle school, high school. That's my, those are my six core age groups. If you're looking at like a, we do like a midweek Wednesday night programming and we do Sunday morning programming. Okay. And those are two big time slots. Our biggest time slot for kids is Wednesday night. Um, and it's funny because the kids that come on Sunday mornings and the kids that come on Wednesday night, there's maybe 20, 25% overlap, yeah. but they're pretty, they're two different congregations for the most part. And so really it, it's finding those volunteers that can serve where, um, they're, they're awesome. And I'm, I'm a nerd about books and research and studying and, um, change is hard, but change is not super scary for me. So it's like, if somebody goes somewhere for six months and I'm like, yeah, you're not good at that. Let's move you here. <laughs> you know, like, and, and when you, when you've been somewhere for a long time, you have the relational quarters in your pocket to yeah. go, Hey, you're great at this, but I think you're miserable. So can we put you somewhere that I think you'd be happier? And so, yeah, we have way more kids than we have volunteers, but that's, you know, that's at a church of my size, a smaller church, a church of 20,000, you're going to have the same problems because there's never enough adults per kid. There's never. And so, um, I try to find key people like on Sunday mornings, I have somebody that oversees my Sunday school. We still do Sunday school, which is something we've gone back and forth with. But Mm -hmm. I have an adult that oversees curriculum. And so I sit down with her like every six months and we go over, here's what I think the vision is. Here's what I, here's how I want that to be. What curriculum do you think is hitting that right now? Empowering them to make some of the choices. Um, I always compare it to a dishwasher with volunteers. Like when I'm talking about volunteers, Mm -hmm. like when my teenagers are at my house hanging out they're not allowed to be slobs without i'm an ocd clean freak they have to pick up it's a little monica on friends some days <laughs> and so they um they know they have to clean up well i like my dishwasher loaded where it's efficient you know where it's going to clean the most dishes for the least amount of money and time yep. well if my sixth grader or my ninth grader especially males i'm being sexist if they load the dishwasher it is it is just a mess you know and i could get double the dishes in there if i did it and i could you know x y or z but if i let them do it that is way more of a blessing than me going behind them and fixing it and micromanaging it and sometimes with volunteers yeah they're, they're not always going to pick the curriculum that I think is the best. They're not always going to do it exactly the way I would want it done. But the reason I recruited them is to empower them and to delegate. And mm-hmm. so if I go behind them and micromanage and take every little last thing off their plate, yeah, there's no way I could do all these age groups. I'd be psychotic. <laughs> so I have to I have to go, okay, that's not how I would load the dishwasher. But, you know, I don't even need to waste my time saying that to you because that's just going to tear you down. Yeah. So I'm just going to encourage what I like about it. And maybe six months from now when we pick this up, I'm going to redirect you a little bit. But in this moment, I'm going to pick my battles and I'm only going to speak up if it's something I think is really going to help your ministry immediately. Right. That's that's huge. So, yeah, having having those core people is is crazy awesome. And then I look at like FaceTime. I have my schedule set. Okay, preschoolers are their own little weird, sickle animals. But <laughs> <laughs> I have the hardest time with preschool because you teach them something. And you're like, okay, what'd you learn? My dog is sick. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, you're nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, like so yesterday. I, I just got to inter- interject here. When I was on my internship, one of my, the things that my youth ministry mentor had me do was teach in every age group during my internship which I oh, was good. a brilliant idea um, by by all means. But when I got to the preschool class, <laughs> it was by far the hardest one because I had <laughs> very little experience. 
and I and and you got things like that. And I'm just like, oh please, please let me go back to the junior hires. Please let me go back to the junior hires. Send me home, please. Yes. <laughs> but like, if you look at like a normal week for me. And and the preschool parents, it's a running joke that I like they the kids love me and I do fine with them. But it's just like if you're gonna pick my weakness, there it is, you know? Um, but like yesterday morning, we're we're a two service with Sunday school in the middle Sunday morning model. That's how we roll. Okay. And so first service, I was in the nursery. And people like I've had colleagues laugh at that before. Like Allison, you're on the nursery schedule. <laughs> yeah, because I have that's they're my people, and I need to go in there sometimes and making sure our security measures are still tight. Mm-hmm. I need to go in there sometimes and make sure there's not broken toys on the shelf that people in our church are scared to throw away because God's property is like <laughs> holy and sacred, and we yeah. can't throw away a toy from 1984. <laughs> um, I, I and, and then on the token of if you think if you think this could be your long game, which I'm almost at nine years, this has been a pretty long game that that kid that's six months old when i walk in the nursery that reaches for me Mm -hmm. how much are they going to trust me when they're in seventh grade yeah they need to know me they need to be reaching for me when they're six months old you know i'm not everybody's cup of tea but every now and then one of them likes me so (laughs) yesterday i was in nursery yesterday morning which is probably i'm probably in there once every six seven weeks and then uh, Sunday school, I didn't teach yesterday, and actually I hid. Um, we've all been there. Um, don't judge. Um, nope. <laughs> second service, I uh, I taught elementary, which is a normal thing. I usually teach our main second service elementary is probably our biggest elementary teaching time in the entire week. And so I teach that because I want the kids to know my face. I want Mm. them to know me. But in that I shove other people in front of them because when, when a volunteer shines, I shine, Mm. you know, when a volunteer shines, they see God. And and if a volunteer shines, what if my church went nuts tomorrow and fired me? Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be a personality driven ministry. So yesterday morning I came up with this concept a few weeks ago. I was like, we're doing mad science experiments and we're chucking the curriculum and I'm rewriting it. And and so I've got this, this guy that's my mad scientist. And so the kids walk in and there is like this egg soaked in vinegar that looks like it's going to explode and just rot out (laughs) a sanctuary in our church. And I'm just like, this is normal. And like, it was just this really cool teaching moment with them. And then on Wednesdays, um, we have pizza. I do pizza every single week. I do not eat pizza. I think it's the worst food ever created. Um, I definitely don't eat it And you're in ministry. Wow. That's right. I actually care about my health. I buy the kids. like I'll put out like Wednesday night. I've got my snacks laying in my office right now that I'm going to put in the youth room for Wednesday. And it's like this like cachet of Doritos. And then like clementines and oranges you know like regular oranges and halos and apples because i'm like okay if a kid wanted to make a good choice they could Um, i I have a parent that is a nutritionist and she's actually on my middle school team now so she keeps me in check (laughs) putting out the cantaloupe Um, (laughs) but uh on Wednesdays, I feed them pizza every week. We used to have parents that volunteered to do food, and we switched what food we'd do every week. And we, we realized the weeks that we feed, we get more kids, and so we feed every week. Hmm. And uh, But some kids like were hitting the hot dog area every single week because they didn't want to eat chicken and dumplings yeah. or they didn't like tacos because they're not American. And, <laughs> you know, like they, they were hitting that and we're going, we're spending a ton of money on food kids aren't eating. Mm. And then kids were like running through Taco Bell on their way in because they didn't know what it was going to 
be that night. And that kind of defeats it because even though there's a little donation bucket, I always tell the kids, like, that's for grownups. Yeah. Like, if grownups want to give, they can give. You guys don't even dare put money in that because <laughs> we want you here. And I never want a kid to have, like, some moral hang-up because their family's poor right now or yeah. something. So are going through a hard time. So we do pizza every single week because it's consistent for the kids. And so every week about 4 o'clock, I run through Subway and get a chopped salad. But um, <laughs> so we do we do um, pizza from 5.30 to 6.30. And then um, probably right after I came, probably a year into my ministry here, we out the ministry exploded. And that's not me, that's God. But we went from three high schoolers to about 40 within a matter of about nine months. Wow. And that was, I mean, it's awesome. Like, that's the kind of story you love hearing at conference. Like, oh, it exploded. But like from a, like a schematic side, that was, it was painful. Like, yeah. what do you do? Like, we got to find some Bibles. Like, <laughs> do you know, like in my elders at the time, like this is a new thought. So they're like, what are we going to do? We don't have room for these kids. And our building, the oldest part of our building was built in 1833. So this is not this newfangled open concept. We don't have garage doors all over our building where we can make spaces bigger. It's like, oh, good. This Sunday school class was built in the 50s for five kids to attend. (laughs) We actually have one Sunday school class in our church that sits empty because there's literally nothing I can do with it. (laughs) So there was this, we had four parsonages at one point, which is stupid because we don't even like parsonages. (laughs) So they sold them all off. And then there's this one that we had. And uh, it, it was just beyond beyond disrepair. They wanted to put an intern in at one time, and I was like, well, we need to tear this trash down. So <laughs> it's putting them they, in danger to make them live there. We want them to go to a church one day. Like, we want <laughs> them to leave and flourish and not have black mold in their system. So, um, see, I care about my interns. So we went and uh, took it down. Well, it had, like, a detached, like, pole barn-type garage next to it that had one garage door but had, like, a couple more bays in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked them for it. I was like, can I have the garage? And they're like, what are you going to do with it? And I was like, that's going to be our new middle school and high school space. And they're like, like the guys are like, I always joke that if I lit the building on fire, they would come in the parking lot and watch it burn and look at me and go, she had a reason. <laughs> like there's kind of an unheard of trust that the ministers on staff have with our leadership, which I wouldn't trade for a million dollars. Like it's insane. So I look at these guys and say, here's what we're going to do. We need to put some insulation in this thing. We need to seal the door down. We need to put some plywood up and paint it. And they're like, okay. So they do this. And I'm like, crap, we need furniture. We need furniture. I took 400 bucks to Ikea. (laughs) I was like, how many chairs can I buy for $400 at Ikea? (laughs) And so like, we're just slapping stuff. The guy I was dating at the time, he was like, we get back from Ikea and he was like, how many of these am I going to build? And I was like, (laughs) how many did we buy? And he was like, so all of them. Um, Yeah. So Danese minister, fun of insurance. Um, So we, uh, we put all that and it was kind of, the guys thought it would fail. It was like, okay, we're going to support her dream and catch her when she screws up. Right. It didn't. It worked. The kids are obsessed with the space. We still meet in the space. That's awesome. And from the outside, it looks like this little ratty garage. And you go inside and you're like, this thing keeps going. Um, but <laughs> they, then finally I was like, this is like three or four months. And I'm like, guys, it's going to start getting cold. We live in the Midwest. Can we have a thermostat? And uh, they gave me one. <laughs> they gave me HVAC, which was important. Wow. And then I was like, can I have a bathroom? So like, it's like, seriously, it looks like something I have like a sci-fi novel. Like just <laughs> adding on to this building that wasn't even built for this. And uh, we, we were talking about building onto the church eventually and that's part of the land that we would need to build on and the kids are so freaked out that they're going to lose their garage one day then i'm like 
This is so funny. It's like that really dilapidated bear that the five-year-old <laughs> carry around. And they're like, we love this. But uh, so on Wednesdays, I meet with the middle school and high school over there. Well, then um, it grew and it grew and it grew. And then it was too much for them all to meet at the same time. So we do 6.30 middle school and then we do 7.30 high school. So then at 10, I um, actually mentally shut down and stopped speaking for about 12 hours. Because <laughs> I'm like back-to-back services plus dinner plus, you know, and at the same time, I've got a walkie-talkie on my hip Mm. because I've got four age groups in the other building that are going and that are my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if a kid has to, we had a kid go to the ER, you know, I, I physically couldn't be the person to take them to the ER, but I had to know everything that was going on. Right. So that's the piece of it is just figuring out the communication and the supervision, especially when you've got multiple buildings or you've got, um, you know, just a distance, a separation of time or that kind of stuff. And like right now, my biggest struggle is during middle school youth group, my high schoolers usually do homework and eat dinner still, you know. And right now I've got a a group of freshman boys that are currently having a a wrestling tournament during um, middle school youth group. And there's a traveling trophy. And it's, it's really, I mean, there's an app. Um, <laughs> like to download it, I get you the link. Um, I have it just because I want to keep the standings. Um, but I don't know who's winning. Know where you can place your bets, right? Yeah, yeah. and also say, "Ooh, I don't think that's a good nickname for that. That's really inappropriate. Let's take that nickname down." Um, but it's funny because what do you, you know, what do you do with that? That's a problem I don't know of, and you know, I'm sure there's other churches that have similar problems, mm-hmm. but they're kind of small church, one youth minister issues where you're going, "Okay, I've got 15 freshman boys that were wrestling in the nursery for an hour last." week. I don't want to squelch their, their dream. That, that is an evangelistic tool in our youth ministry right now. There are kids coming to fight. Um, so how do I make that a safe area of evangelism for my kids? Yeah. And when someone figures that out, write Steve, and then he'll call me and tell me how I'm going to fix that. Just teach, just teach on Jesus throwing over tables every week. And, right. Yeah. You know, we could teach Dave and Bessie every week, and it wouldn't go. be enough. So fighting will be good. Judges all the time. There you go. Yeah, but so that's how I do my, my context is I'm the primary teacher on Sunday mornings for elementary, and I'm the primary teacher on Wednesday nights for both middle school and high school. But volunteers smashed all the way in that. Volunteers that I'm constantly handing um, resources to write lessons or resources to um, implement what I've purchased or written myself. Okay. So it's definitely a, kind of a twofold. You're you're definitely overseeing a whole lot of stuff, but there are very you're very hands on on especially the the youth ministry aspects. Yeah. It seems like absolutely, yeah. Okay. I, it's not. It used to be a trust issue. Now it's not a trust issue. Now it's just a. I'm obsessed with my kids. Mm. You know, I, I I did two internships. You, you spoke about your internship. I did two internships in college that were awesome, and one of them was at like one of those ginormous mega churches. Mm-hmm. And, in that, I learned, unless God sends me like just an email that's flashing and glaring, I have no desire to be in a megachurch mm-hmm. if it was just up to Allison, because I did not hardly spend time with children that entire year. Mm-hmm. Because I was a manager of managers. I mean, I had 300 volunteers underneath me. And so I could spend, you know, 300, 365, you know what I mean? Like you spend time with one volunteer a day, you're done for the year. And so I, I, um, I, I missed being with my kids and they, I love small group leaders and mentors and the programs that we try to do to keep other people involved. But at the end of the day, I would love to know what's going on. Hmm. I want to know how I can minister to that family. That's great. Yeah, and we definitely, I mean, to to all of you out there who are serving in small churches, I man, hats off to you guys. Um I'm we're in a I'm in a fairly small church. Um 
but it's it's so incredible for for people that have that passion and and don't let it get squelched out because those kids need people that can just pour into them and don't feel like you have to make it to the big time by serving at the you know the gigantic twenty thousand you know member church. Um, there are, there are kids that really need people to to reach out and serve them at the you know in small rural churches as well. So that's absolutely it's huge. So uh, wrapping up here, uh, are there any tips that you've learned through the way? I mean, you've you've definitely shared some some great nuggets of wisdom along the way. But uh, is there any like maybe one or two other ideas that you got that uh, you'd like? You know what? If I was if I was talking to Allison ten years ago, um, you know, run. she was kind of just getting into <laughs> ministry. <laughs> other than run, <laughs> what what would you tell her? Is she getting in getting into it, or maybe other people that have been you know maybe similar circumstances, and you can kind of share a. a a couple more nuggets of wisdom with them. Um, it sounds cliche. I mean, there's the cliche things I could say, like um, relationship with your senior pastor is critical. Uh, I, I feel like if I was ever going to write a youth ministry book, it would be on that. Um, uh, voracious reading, learning, workshops, conferences, networking. I could go on about that. But like, I think the real things that I would tell somebody would be, and definitely tell myself, would be um, super practical. Like one of them, I had a professor in college that I did not care for at all. Still don't really like him. Um, <laughs> won't, name, won't name names. Um, but he gave me a nugget of wisdom that I carry and I, I, I pass it on to my interns. I, I think it's just brilliant about writing notes to people, Hmm. encouraging people, like giving somebody a written affirmation is so huge. And if we're going to be gender oriented, that is so powerful to hand to a male Hmm. because especially like male students, my male volunteers, my girls, man, sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's a, let's go get our hair done together. You know, like, um, women are wired differently. And some women are all about words, but men, if you can, if you can verbally affirm them, it's huge. And so I write, um, you know, I I look at my week, I take Fridays off and and Saturdays. And so those get manipulated if we have trips and stuff, obviously, but I look at us two notes a day. And so if I can write 10 notes in a week, and I know that sounds like, oh my gosh, this idiot, why is she writing so many letters? <laughs> but if you, if you look at it, like I just stick them on my, the corner of my desk at the beginning of the week. Mm. If, you, if you live near a Target, I'm like a Target spot junkie. Like they can see me coming. I usually pop in on Thursdays and it's like, <laughs> hello. Um, but they, they have like eight note cards in a pack for a dollar. And they're, they change them all the time. So I'm like, it's so cheap. And your church pays for that crap anyway. Um, so I put them at the corner of my desk. And I'm just like, even if, it, if it's a get well soon card, if it's a sympathy card, if it's, um, you know, congratulations. Like, it goes a long way. You know, we're really good about going, hey, volunteer, you're really, you did awesome with this kid last night. But how about, hey, volunteer, I know you got a promotion at work last week. That's awesome. Hey, volunteer, you you just had your 25th anniversary with your wife. That's incredible. I hope I have that story one day. You know, not just affirming them as ministry leaders, affirming them as humans. Yeah. Because in youth ministry, we're so used to affirming our kids. Look at the—I love my church, but look at the main context of your church. We're not worried about the warm fuzzies a 45-year-old gets in our church. <laughs> you know, main, We're looking at main services. We're looking at main worship experiences. There's not—unless you've got, like, just this crazy pastoral care specialized person, that stuff just doesn't happen in the real world. 
So those 10 notes can be to anyone. They can be to my students. They can be to volunteers. I do have a system that is super high tech where I just print off a list of labels of all of my kids <laughs> and kind of make sure I'm hitting everybody at least yep. once a semester. Um, but so if you do the math on that, even if you take out vacations and stuff, because some weeks you're high, some weeks you're low, I'm probably sending between 480 and 500 personalized letters in a year. Wow. And that's not a Rie Ra Allison. That's relational quarters. Yeah. One, that's investing in those people. And you don't you don't lie. I mean, you're writing things you believe, but you're right. taking the time to do it. Yep. And then also it's one of those where, you know, I from my church I was at uh, nine, ten years ago, I ran into a mom the other day and she was showing me a passage in her Bible and something fell out and hit the floor and I picked it up and handed it back to her and she was like, Do you know what that is? And I was like, No. She goes, That's a letter you wrote me a decade ago. Oh wow sitting in our Bible. And, and that's, that's a God moment because in those moments I screw up stuff all the time. Like I'm real good at it, but you know, those letters are one thing that in looking back, God shown, God shined through me, his words, some of those were letters, there's no way I wrote them, hmm. you know, like God spoke through me. So if I look at that, a lot of times youth ministers get this reputation of being very selfish or being very um, inward focused. We only care about the youth ministry. And those have been great um, strategic and pastoral care way of expressing my buy-in to people of the congregation at any any point. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I think so that's, that, that's huge because, I mean, we— like last podcast is all about, you know, I talked to or a couple ones ago, I think ago, um, with Travis, um, about relational ministry and he said, he gave some great tips, but I think just adding on to that, this, this element of just write a note and, and I'm assuming these aren't like gigantic, you know, multi-page oh. notes. These are, you know, maybe this a paragraph or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just little things. Um, the other thing is, um, organization, is so important and it drives me nuts when I see or hear because I'm very networked and so um my my primary network we're like blood brothers almost and so those guys are immune because I think everything they do is holy and right but um my you know my extent my extended network sometimes I hear things that just like physically makes me cringe and I don't know if I'm getting I'm only 33 I don't know if I'm getting old in youth ministry Excuse me. It's kind of like watching the uh, the Super Bowl or something, and they talk about like yep. these these people being old, and you're like, oh my yep. gosh, I don't gray hair. Um, <laughs> but I I cringe when I hear like, well, this family was being you know mean to me because this that or the other, and I'm just going, okay, that was so preventable. Mm. If you would be a grown up, and you don't can't say that to people. Right. <laughs> I can say it to imaginary people on the audio. Um, <laughs> but if you would just be a grown up, like I have. Um, I'll plug a company that won't ever give me anything for it, but um, Plum Paper, their stuff's a little bit girly, and I know probably most people that listen to this are guys, but they have um, masculine coverage. You can put on things. They sell paper planners, and you can actually tell them what you want the tabs in your weekly calendar to be. So I have like a meetings tab, an RCC youth tab. I have um, appointments. I have like my meal schedule, my exercise schedule, all in there. Because in ministry, it all has to balance out. Yep. I have friends that have the same calendar, and they have like a tab for their kids, a tab for their spouse. Because whether or not I have an elders meeting and a trustees meeting and a volunteer meeting in the same week, I still have to find time for my people. And I still have to find time to eat like meals that are not trash. <laughs> and I have to find time to go work out or I'm going to kill them all. And so having something that organizes you and, and realizing not, 
I'm not an organized person and I need to be, and I I need to beat myself up about that. No, you need to realize that you are taking care of the most important thing that family has. When they send that child on a trip, you are taking like their diamond Mm -hmm. with you. And so when you seem disorganized because you don't know what kid's riding in what van, or you can't tell me what adult is in my kid's hotel room, you are telling me your child, the most important thing you have is not valuable enough for me to care about their details. And you are communicating a whole lot to those people about your ministry without saying very many words. And so then usually people that talk like that very, very soon after, I don't know why this church fired me. (laughs) It's like, because you communicated, even though you might care deeply about these kids, your, your lack of organization communicated that you didn't. And so part of me is like, I get it. That's not everybody's strength. And the other part of me goes, it is 2017. There are apps that will do your laundry. Figure out (laughs) what your system is, how it's going to work. If you completely stink at it, find a volunteer that's awesome at it and make sure somebody is covering that base. And in that, um, you know, some things in churches are stupid and it's political. And part of that's organization. Part of that's like maybe your clothes. And if it means something to somebody that you throw on a tie every now and then, or, you know, you wear a dress or you whatever, man, that's, that's a small price to pay. Mm-hmm. Do it. You know, like there was one day last week, I changed clothes four times, four <laughs> times in one day. And it was funny because this lady yelled at me at the parking lot of the hospital because I parked in clergy parking and I got out like in running shorts and a tank top. And she was like, <laughs> that's for the preachers. And I was like, I know I'm in a hurry. Like <laughs> train pastor. But, um, you know, sometimes it's okay. That was like a tonsillectomy for like a fourth grader and the parents aren't going to blink an eye at the fact I came from the gym. Right. But at the same time, if you're doing like, a legit hospital call for uh, like your senior minister and it's a, it's a 70 year old and there's a heart attack or there's terminal cancer, go home, jump in the shower for 10 minutes and go put on a blazer and, and be appropriate. You know, like there's a time and place yesterday, you know, on Sunday when I'm on the floor in the nursery, jeans and a t-shirt is a totally socially acceptable thing for my church, especially in that context. But if I was getting up doing announcements, I probably would have had a skirt on and nobody's told me that that's just part of that communicates organization, that communicates respect, that communicates this this is something I value. I value you as a person. And you're in you're in a pew wearing a pair of khakis. So I'm gonna try to at least meet you where you are. And we are very seeker friendly in our churches, which is awesome. And so sometimes like hipster jeans and like really cool hair gel is where we need to go. But sometimes I think we are so focused on that, that we're kind of neglect the generation that needs us to be grownups and needs us to look mature. And so, you know, Paul was all things to all people. So sometimes that's a tank top and running shorts, and sometimes that's a dress, and I keep it all in my office just in case I hit one of those (laughs) moments. And that's organization, that's planning. And so my things would be those encouragement notes and just taking the time to think through what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the time to think through what you're doing, you're doing too much. Yeah, Because you should do, I always say, let's do a few things well. We could do a lot of things halfway or we could do a few things and do them really well. And so if you're doing too much that you can't do it well, then you need to, you need to back up with your leadership and take your calendar with you because that it's like taking your checkbook to the bank. It proves that you're actually thinking it through. 
And I think showing my calendar to my leadership, not in a micromanaging way, just more of an explanation way. Mm-hmm. Like I showed it to one guy last night and he was like, he just gave me a hard time. He's like, your Verizon bill's due tomorrow. I was like, <laughs> it is. I was like, you got an extra check? Um, but, but like showing them, it's not just looking at the calendar and going, well, there's a chili cook-off on Sunday and then there's a meeting on Tuesday. It's looking at that and going, and I have this going on here and that going on there. And I have other pieces of my life that aren't in this building. Mm. And like my elders rescheduled the elders meetings based on my Pilates schedule. (laughs) And that sounds stupid and it sounds very feminine. Um, But (laughs) it shows when you, when you can explain your calendar to somebody, you can show them like the totality of what your life looks like Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I, I need margin in this area because if I don't, if I don't go work out, I'm a terrible human. And so if you want me to be sane in that (laughs) meeting on Tuesday, you need to let me go work out on Monday. And when you explain, it to him that way. Like, this is how this affects your life. It's not me being selfish going, well, I'm prissy and I'm going to go take my class. It's me going, hey, I'm a human. I'm not a robot that works here. And I have friends and I have family and I have needs and you have needs as a boss for me. And so we need to figure out how all those can work together perfectly. So organization and obviously in in all that's communicating, uh, communicating that organization to the people that need to know. That's awesome. Man, I... Seriously, we could probably do a, a whole podcast on each of those things and just dive further into it. Um, so I know people are going to be like, you've already, you've, you've whet the appetite. So how can people get in touch with you to like find out more information about the stuff you shared today and, um, and ask you more questions? Because I know they're going to want to. They're going to be like, okay, how do I actually get organized? And I, I want to be, or how do I start in this, this note thing? Or how do I maybe dive into the whole you know, women in ministry thing a little further with you? Um, oh, yeah, the, I barely the, touched on that. Yeah, I, that's away from the whole other thing. That so, I mean, that's, it's <laughs> yeah, great. Well, but, my yeah. children would tell so you, my, my student, I don't have my own kids. Um, I adopt everybody else's and don't get the tax write off. Um, <laughs> and my kids would tell you the easiest way to get in touch with me is to show up for coffee around eight o'clock at night. So if you want to come to Southern Indiana, <laughs> show up at the couch. Um, but the real way to get a hold of me, my email is probably the easiest way if somebody had a question. Okay. It's Allison, A L L I S O N, at Reddington, R E D D I N G T O N, Christian.com. That's the easiest way if somebody just wants to touch base. Um, I'm on Twitter, which is at Allison, A L L I S O N, Eliza, E L I Z A. And then Instagram and Facebook are both Allison E. Williams. Um, I am actually. Uh, there's there's a few things in the works. I don't have a well. I do have a blog home, but it's um, a culinary blog, so that really doesn't do anything for youth ministry. <laughs> but if you want to know how to make tzatziki, um, but I I actually have some things in the works, not with. Um, my own blog, but I think I'm going to be doing some guest blogging for some people. Um, I, I, I hesitate to have my own blog because I don't want to create content just to create content. I want content that people are needing and are desiring. So, um, if, if I, if any of that stuff comes to fruition, it'll be on Twitter. So, but if anybody has any questions, feel free to, feel free to holler. Awesome. Well, thank you. I buy so stuff much. on DYM. There's more stuff yes. coming out. Yes, look up Alice Williams, <laughs> and soon you can look at me. But definitely yes, look up Alice Williams and DYM for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, may God bless your ministry. Right back at you, sir.
Now, I know many of you are probably looking at the clock going, wow, that was that was a long interview for the Student Ministry Podcast, especially for you longtime listeners. You're like, wow, we're, we're, we're almost close to an hour. Yeah, I know, I know. But wasn't it great? I just couldn't cut it off because it was so great and so rich. And honestly, we could have been talking for many more hours probably on each of the topics that she brought up at the end. Make sure you get in touch with Allison Williams, and maybe maybe we'll actually see her on another podcast. I'll bring her back on. We'll talk about some of the, that stuff even further, but make sure you get in touch with her. We just want to thank you so much for tuning in today and thank our sponsors, WorkCamp NE, the National Network of Youth Ministries, and Reach Youth New England. Thank you so much for your generosity to make this podcast happen. Make sure you share it on all the different social platforms. Make sure you're leaving reviews and everything for this podcast. It just helps get the word out there. Spread the word to other youth workers that you know that need to hear this amazing stuff from these amazing youth workers that we've been talking with. We'll be back next month. And thank you so much for tuning in once again. And may God bless your ministry. Mm